The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Yesterday, a panel of judges from the Federal Appeals Court for the Ninth Circuit heard arguments about President Trump's travel ban. The president issued an executive order temporarily prohibiting entry into the United States of citizens of seven predominantly Muslim countries and of refugees. And a federal judge in Seattle issued a nationwide restraining order that blocks enforcement of the order. The Justice Department appealed that restraining order, and the court held an unusual argument by conference call. The government's lawyer, August Flenchy, seemed to run into some skepticism from the judges about whether there was sufficient evidence to immediately reinstate the ban. How many uh, federal offenses have we had uh, being committed by people who came in with uh, visas from these countries? And uh, the the ultimate was the answer was there haven't been any. Yes, Your Honor. These proceedings have been moving quite fast, and we're doing the best we can. Nevertheless, the case raises important and difficult questions of executive power and equal protection, among other issues, and it is far from a sure thing that the court will keep the restraining order in effect. With us to talk about this case and the executive order are Ilya Shapiro, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, and Liza Gotin, a co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center for Justice. Ilya... Usually when we talk about, um, you know, court cases, we, we like to talk about the substance of what is uh, at issue. You know, is this legal? Is this not legal? What's the court likely to say the law is? And obviously that's part of this here, but we're sort of in a strange procedural posture because we have a temporary restraining order and the court's deciding whether or not to stay that order. What exactly does the court actually have to decide right now? Well, you you put your finger on it because TROs typically are not appealed or appealable for that matter. You, it, it's only in place for 10 days. The clock is ticking. It's going to expire regardless uh, in a few days anyway. Uh, and so the court, uh, the Ninth Circuit could just say, yeah, we're, we're punting this until there's a, a fuller uh, uh, treatment by the district court with presumably a preliminary injunction and a lengthier opinion put in at that point. But then you also have to consider that the executive order itself is only good for 90 days. And it seems to be a moving target, kind of changing uh, weekly or, or daily or by the tweet, as have you. Uh, and so uh, the Ninth Circuit really could go a lot of different ways. There's all, also an issue of standing and other kind of procedural hurdles. So we, uh, it's not certain at all that we'll have a, a, any sort of ruling on the merits at this stage. Liza, was the administration challenging the court's power to make a judgment about Trump's ban? Judge Michelle Friedland said, are you arguing then that the president's decision in that regard is unreviewable to the Justice Department lawyer? And the Justice Department lawyer said yes. Right. And what he was talking about specifically was whether or not the court could review the judgment of the president uh, with respect to the national security uh, issues that are at stake here. And so the president's judgment that as a matter of national security, it's necessary to uh, halt immigration from these countries, which, by the way, we have not, in fact, had terrorist incidents in this country from people from the country. But if that's his judgment, the government lawyer was saying that 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 judgment could not be reviewed. That is more or less the same thing as saying that the case cannot be reviewed, because 
um, the argument of the state of Washington is this was not about national security. This is about discriminatory animus and discrimination against Muslims. And if the court has to accept that this is about national security, um, that would pretty much end the matter. But I don't think that the judges were buying that. Ilya, do the uh, do the court's comments mean seem to indicate that at least some of the judges on this panel feel that the um, they should be looking at the underlying rationale for the order? And we have about thirty seconds for that. Yeah, that, I mean they're, they're, that's probably what's going on in the background, atmospherically. But I can't imagine an opinion that I would expect to come out uh, imminently, certainly by the end of the week, that they're going to have a full, long discussion of national security versus discrimination and the statutory context, because at the end of the day. Uh, I think this is just like the uh, United States versus Texas uh, DAPA litigation is going to uh, turn on statutory questions of immigration law, not necessarily constitutional ones. Um, but that's, I think, what's in the background, and I would expect more likely than not that the stay to be denied. It'll go back to the lower court for, uh, for further uh, proceedings. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is considering whether to reinstate President Trump's executive order temporarily banning refugees and citizens of seven predominantly Muslim countries uh, from entering the U.S. Uh, the government has asked the court to lift a restraining order imposed by a lower court judge that prevents enforcement of the order nationwide, and the appeals court could rule anytime this week, although, of course, no one knows what's going to happen. We're talking about the executive order and the court case with Liza Goitin, the co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center for Justice. Liza, you've got a preliminary injunction motion pending in the district court while all this is going on, because there is considering the next motion at the district court level. You have the possibility of a Supreme Court appeal, depending on what happens here. Let's say the court, the Ninth Circuit, keeps the restraining order in effect. What happens next? At that point, we're going to see uh, briefing and argument on the motion for a preliminary injunction in front of the district court. And I think that's where we're going to see the government trying to scrounge together some evidence um, to support the notion that this is a national security imperative, this executive order. What we saw in the Ninth Circuit argument uh, was some pretty uh, probing questioning by the judges of the government attorneys saying, you know, what is your evidence, essentially, that there's a national security uh, harm? at stake here. And the attorney essentially said things are moving very fast. So we haven't pulled our evidence together yet. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's fairly remarkable to say it was absolutely necessary as a matter of national security to take this step. But we have no evidence of any sort of national security risk. Um, but, you know, the government will have another chance to sort of develop the record on that as we move forward. Liza, does it seem to you that the case will not stall on the issue of standing, whether the states have standing? Because Judge Canby appeared to indicate that the harm alleged to state universities was enough. I think that's right. And there was also some question about whether Washington state could actually represent the interests of its citizens. Um, and that was another point of contention. And I don't see the judges being inclined to uh, dismiss the case or, or, uh, or, you know, issue any ruling on the basis of these questions of standing. I, it looks like this case is going to go forward, you know, in the event that it didn't for some reason. There are many other cases moving forward across the country, more than 50 lawsuits, in fact, um, many of which are brought by people directly affected by this ban. So one way or another, this is getting through the courts. It is almost certainly headed to the Supreme Court. Well, Liza, you know, earlier, Elia Shapiro said he thought that this court would probably keep the restraining order in effect. What do you think is going to happen this week? 
That is my sense as well. Uh, the court seems to want to rule fairly quickly on this. They said to expect a ruling sometime this week, probably. So that means they're not looking to run out the clock on the 10-day temporary restraining order. Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to predict what courts are going to do based on the questioning of judges during oral argument. Um, but to the extent you can do that, I, I think it is probably correct that they're going to leave the temporary restraining order in place. Um, then it will be up to uh, Judge Robart in Seattle to decide whether to issue a preliminary injunction, which again, merely stays the executive order while the ultimate question of its legality is decided. At, at one point, they the uh, Justice Department lawyers offered a middle ground for the court to reinstate a part of the ban against people who have never been in the United States. But Judge Clifton shot back that the administration would be in a better position to narrow its executive order, which I found interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. I mean, you know, the the executive branch often complains under various administrations uh, that the judiciary is trying to make law. And here, in effect, the government attorney was inviting the judiciary to create its own executive order that was uh, sort of more tailored in scope. And the court did not did not uh, take the bait, essentially. And, and the judge said, you know, that, that's on you. If you want to make this order narrower, you can. That's not our job. Liza, we have about 30 seconds left. Do you think whatever the court does that either party is likely to go up on the temporary restraining order to the Supreme Court now, or are they more likely to wait until the lower court rules? That's a good question. It's a strategic decision to make. Uh, you know, we're, we haven't seen a lot of litigation yet by this administration, uh, but the administration does seem to want to pursue this as aggressively as possible. So it is quite possible that they would try to appeal um, to the Supreme Court on the TRO. It's also quite possible the Supreme Court wouldn't, wouldn't take that and would just keep it down in the lower courts until they get to a further stage in the proceedings, the preliminary injunction stage. Well, thank you very much to Liza Goitin, co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center for Justice, for being with us on Bloomberg Law. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.